so very nice to meet you all. My name is uh, Mike, Mike Rigby, and so um, I work uh, with the wonderful folks at RGA, uh, based in our New York office. So this is our connected space. There's about 1,000 of us uh, in here across two floors, and about 2,000 of us uh, around the world. So I'm vice president at ECD. Basically, I'm a designer. And um, this is the first thing I ever designed at RGA on my first day when I started about four days ago. This is my own little Rigby uh, logo, my little RGA Rigby logo. And so about four years ago, I needed a new desktop screensaver. This is probably the best thing I ever designed at RGA. It's been kind of downhill ever since this. And so uh, we're a big multidisciplinary design company. We work with the likes of Nike. Uh, we work with Beats. So we created the Beats music service and did a lot of the kind of iconic um, campaigns. We also work with Samsung. So this is a humpback whale uh, that we modeled in 3D through our studios. And then we uh, did a Times Square takeover where we connected all these billboards together in this beautiful whale. I swam around for about three hours uh, to launch the, the S8. So we work with these big businesses. And we also work with a ton of very small businesses as well through our Accelerator and our Ventures program. I absolutely love this work, you know, to be able to work with the likes of Samsung, but then to be able to work with startups directly with the founders, because they are all in. You know, It's awesome. And actually, this work has just revolutionized the way that we, we deliver work for our clients. We use a lot of this technology in our, in our creative and our design work as well. We build a lot of bots. We love bots. We love bots so much, we built a bot that builds bots. It's called BotBot. And so this uses reply.ai. I'm sure some of you guys have used this. Fantastic technology. It's very simple. This is BotBot. And uh, the whole idea behind this is to democratize this technology so that smaller businesses can utilize it. So if you're uh, a gym instructor or whatever, then you choose the fitness bot. Uh, and you know, it's very easy to set up. In five minutes, you can have a service bot. So I love my job. I don't just mean working at RGA. I mean, being a designer, it's like a, an intrinsic part of my being, something that I couldn't switch off. Um, it's not just a craft. It's a way of seeing things and doing things. And for me, it's a way of life. There are optimists, pessimists, and designers. So optimists see the glass half full, pessimists half empty, and designers see the wrong shape, glass. And actually, I love this, this idea that design and marketing and creativity and development is problem solving. And you can apply this, this frame, this way of seeing things to any problem anywhere in the world, design better businesses, and design better brands. And that's really what I want to talk to you about today, how we can design and market and shepherd the brands that we work with every day to transform businesses and do incredible things. I want to share the playbook that we've developed over the years uh, that's helped our clients become more and more connected. So connected brands are now the world's most valuable businesses. So this is uh, Interbrands ranking of the 20 most valuable. I'm sure you recognize, recognize all of them, of course. Now, of these 20, you can see that many of them are born from technology. And those that aren't born from technology are actually have reinvented themselves through technology. And just think of the impact these brands have on the world around us. It's incredible. So I'm going to use uh, one of our longest serving clients, Nike, as an example. They, they think very differently. All of those top 20 brands think completely differently. They play to a different set of rules, and that allows them to play a much deeper role in people's lives. So we've been working with Nike for around about 16 years. And I'll just talk you through kind of like how we break down how Nike have built a connected brand. The six parts. So first of all, perhaps unsurprisingly, start with an active, inspiring purpose. So Nike's brand mission is to provide inspiration and innovation to every athlete in the world. Asterisk, if you have a body, 
you're an athlete. Then we, once we have that mission, really creating value through innovation. So this is a VR experience that we created with Nike. This is basically Nike ID. You put the VR headset in store, you drop the swatch on, the color on, whatever you want, and then it gets made for you. Connects everything in an ecosystem. And so we created Nike Fuel Band. And really, this yielded so much data and completely changed the game for us, having created this, and of course, for Nike as well. And because we, can, we know so much more about our customers, it's actually allowed Nike to build this community of members. So Nike don't call our customers customers, they call them members. And you know, they have this mantra, which is know me to serve me. The more we know about our customers, the better Nike can be. And everyone's Nike is different, just like everyone's Netflix is different. Design an interface and an experience. So this is the Nike um, Apple Watch that we created. And because we have so much data, we know that most people run on Sundays, perhaps surprisingly. So we took the idea of Sunday Fun Day and turned it into a Sunday Run Day. And just do it Sundays became a thing. It's just a very simple use case for us to be able to say, this is why you should buy a Nike Apple Watch. And finally, last but not least, authentically live in culture. This is where most brands, I think, really struggle. How do they show up in a way that's authentic? So this is the latest thing we did with Nike. This is for the Jordan brands. And the Jordan brands community are real aficionados. They've seen everything, very hard to connect with. This is for the NBA All-Star game. We created a Snapchat filter lens to celebrate Michael Jordan's iconic dunk, which was 30 years ago. So there's you hold it up. You can see MJ in front of you at the apex of his jump, the superhuman feet. And you could buy those special edition Nikes straight from Snapchat for the first time. And they were delivered to you in just two hours through one of our startups, which is called Dark Store. It uses Dark Stores to create a distribution channel. So this sold out in 23 minutes. It's incredible. Which is also Michael Jordan's number, of course, coincidentally. So this is the logo, Air Jordan, A-R Jordan. My favorite thing, you can see the free throw line on the shoe on the sole where he took off. Genius. It's like Tinker Hatfield, brilliant. OK, so this is the Connected Brands playbook. Feel free to take a quick picture. And also happy to share this. If anyone wants the, a copy of this deck, just hit me up, at Mike Rigby on Twitter. And I can send you or post it online or something. OK. So how do we build the connected brands? So if we think about that as the playbook, we really need to rethink how we create brands. And the old way is not enough. You think about how we used to build brands. It used to be so much more straightforward. We had these passive media channels, right? It's like listening, reading, watching. A brand had a message, and you would push it out through marketing, through metaphor, through distraction. And this was all about the brand. It was all about the brand pushing messages from the top down into culture. And of course, we see today what's happened. We see this explosion of new media and tech habits, everything from listener, swiping, pinning, skyping, sharing, liking, etc. And all of these are all from the bottom up, right? So the power dynamics between brands has completely changed forever, which is really interesting. So our point of view is that both are really still important. The story of the brand, why are we here? Why does that matter? Who are we for? That's still really key and really important. But we actually need to match that with a system. So what are the kind of behaviors and the services that we create that improve people's lives? And more to the point, how do we connect these things together so that one drives and inspires the other? So we call this stories and systems framework. What do we say? What do we do? What do we believe? What are the behaviors? So when we design brands, we really do focus on the interface. Of course, I'm sure a lot of you guys will appreciate this. 
And so we think about signifiers and behaviors. When we used to design brands in the past and identities, we don't even really focus on the signifier. Let's take Facebook, for instance. So the signifier of the brands, the color blue, the typeface, Lucinda Grand, the photography, the tone of voice, all of that stuff. But there's also this little button that gets pressed four and a half billion times a day. And that little branded behavior obviously fuels the entire platform, and makes the platform sticky, and keeps people coming back for more. So signifier and behavior really does help them fulfill their mission of connecting more people. Another great example that I love is Google. So of course, they rebranded a few years ago now. And they also released a statement at the time saying that the future of the UI would be spoken word. So we introduced this new behavioral context, voice-driven interface, and they designed their identity to be able to respond, of course, to show that it's listening, it understands or it doesn't understand, the signifier and behavior. And of course, the verbal design, the conversational design, is ultimately how Google fulfilled their mission to connect the world's information today. So that's kind of the philosophy. Let's just show you two really quick examples um, to bring that to life. So this, uh, I wanted to just show a product and service brand and then a campaign as well. So, so how do you apply stories and systems when you don't have a system or a product? I'll show you that uh, to finish. But let's just start with a product and service. This was a fantastic brief. It was to create a new boxing franchise. So our client walked in with this crazy question. I said, how, how do I do this? I want to rebrand boxing the sport. I was going, OK, sounds interesting. Um, what do you mean? Uh, and he said that he wanted to create his own league. And he got frustrated that boxing had lost its way. It was corrupt. He wanted to clean it up. He wanted to tell the fighter's story. Uh, and he wanted to take it out of Las Vegas, put it into other cities, take it off pay-per-view, put it back on Friday night fight night. And he wanted to introduce the Olympic scoring system so that everyone knows who's winning after each round. Sounds fantastic. Two things we disagreed with. The first one, he wanted to focus on traditional broadcasting, HBO, NBC, et cetera. And if you think about traditional broad sports broadcasting, it hasn't really changed in 80 years. And it's not going to change anytime soon. And so all of our analysis showed that actually the way that people experience sports has changed forever. We know that people, when watching sports, are doing other things. They're looking at fantasy sport or social. So let's actually build an experience on top of that behavior and rebrand from the bottom up instead. The second thing he wanted to do was take it back to the Muhammad Ali era almost have a retroness to it. And I know what he meant. He wanted to kind of clean up the sport and make it stand for something again. But our point of view was, let's get as much technology in the ring as possible and actually make it the most connected sport in the world, because it's so small as a boxing ring, uh, and actually rebrand the sport through a new experience from the bottom up. So that's what we did. So if you look at boxing today, it has kind of like an identity crisis. It's a total mess. If you look at the, just over here, this was marketed as David versus Goliath. So it's kind of cheesy. It's like wrestling or something. And then you have Muhammad Ali era over here, and you've got UFC and sci-fi, all kinds of stuff going on. It's just a complete mess. So what we did was we took his philosophy and turned it into a design system. And so we thought, let's actually literally clean up boxing. Let's produce the most beautifully clean identity we can and take the focus back to what matters most, which is what happens behind those four ropes. So this is the signifier. See that applied to the fighters, the shoelaces, and of course, this connected experience. And so you can see that we've viscerally kind of cleaned up the sport without going backwards, without going back into the past. Now, now we start to bring the system to life, and we make that signifier behavioral. So we can actually see these four lines start to bring in this new data layer. So this is the app we created. You see the four lines. And we created a connected boxing glove. So hopefully this video has some sound.
can see how it works. So you can see, there's no sound, but you can see the, the footwork in the ring at the top right there, the heart rate of the fighters. You can see uh, the punch, the pounds per square inch and where the, where the punch landed. And the crowd can vote along here as well. It's supposed to be sound on this. I don't know if you can get the sound. It's OK. Don't worry. Adds a little bit. OK, so also gives us this new content platform to be able to push things out. So that's the system. How about the story? <laughs> OK, so we created what we call the Champion's Code. And so instead of being this kind of top-down brand that's pushing out a message saying, we're here to clean up boxing. This is the new way to do boxing. What we actually did was decided to tell the fighter's story instead. And so you can see here, we created this code. We wrote 10, and we count them down from 10, 9, 8, 7. And so we wrote these with the fighters themselves. They come in, and we photograph them. I will make honor the most sought-after title. I will remember where I came from. I will always get back up. So this fighter came out of retirement age 45 to fight for a surgery uh, for his two-year-old daughter that he couldn't afford. And he got knocked down in the first round and the second round, and he won in 12. And you know, that's boxing, right? Everyone is fighting for something. And you know, I will be a champion, but through this, we're actually rebranding what the idea of a champion is. And of course, you can pledge to the code online. So it's a very different way of branding. You can see that. We start with the system, and then we bubble that up into a story. The brand isn't really saying anything. It's a platform for other people to share their message. OK, so I'd just like to finish on uh, one more example, a campaign that we created. So this is an amazing idea that started inside Coca-Cola, an amazing lady called Wendy Reed. And they wanted to show that they um, didn't believe in labels. And so they believed in diversity. And so they removed uh, the label from their packaging. And you know, they wanted other brands to follow suit and join in. The problem with this was that it wasn't really scalable in the sense that no one really has packaging quite like you know, Coca-Cola. So if you're Campbell's Soup, it's kind of got like an empty can. You know, it's just not really that scale. Also, it's very top down if you think about it. It's all about brands pushing this message out. Um, and so what we decided to do is to try and create a brand with the Ad Council as a charity. And we wanted to get to the real underlying issue. So why do people label other people? And as I'm sure many of you know, we do a lot of our thinking, a huge percentage of it in our subconscious, unconscious mind. And that's where a lot of these kind of biases, as they're called, are stored. And we all have them. We just don't realize it. And so there's no point in us actually putting a campaign out saying, don't believe in labels when people already think they don't. It's more of a case of like, how do we give a demonstration that kind of perhaps reveals some of those hidden biases that are in all of us. So we set about creating a brand to try and fix this problem. We called it Love Has No Labels. So this is the identity. It's actually not really a logo. It's, not, it's the removal of a logo. Um, and so we had to resist the temptation to over-design it in many ways. It's very simple. But I'll explain how it works in a second. For launch, um, we created this demonstration, which was basically a gigantic x-ray machine. <laughs> this is the original concept art. So this is uh, two creatives at uh, RGA called Chris and Eric. And it's kind of a brilliantly simple idea. Literally remove the labels from people hidden behind this x-ray machine. And so we did that. We created this in Santa Monica in a street for Valentine's Day. And so the dancing skeletons would appear. People would say, oh, very nice. And then from either end, uh, we'd reveal the people. And it would be people that were perhaps a same-sex couple, for instance. It would be love has no gender. Um, you know, love has no disability. Love has no race. No, love has no religion. And what's great about this was it's not advertising. 
It's not, it's not following the tropes of advertising. These aren't actors. They're real people, and they actually really love each other, and you can tell. And so back to that logo. So we actually designed this to be completely customizable. This is a very simple photo sharing tool that we created. And people can create their own message. Uh, this wasn't, again, about the brand talking. This is about us creating the platform. Love has no race. Love has no labels. Love has no gender. This went around the world. People shared this. Michelle Obama shared this. And this is just about the time when marriage equality was being debated in America. And you know, this is the second most viewed PSA of all time after about two weeks. Um, all of these kind of incredible results, all with zero marketing media spend, absolutely nothing. This, this literally went around the world on its own. Uh, finish on the latest piece of work we did last year for Valentine's Day, and we partnered with the NFL. And so the idea here was we'd create a connected experience in a most surprising place. So what's great about that? So we take a heterosexual behavior and completely reinvent it. It's in this kind of amphitheater of masculinity, which is the NFL Pro Bowl. And we deliberately chose Florida and Orlando because that's where the pulse shooting was, if you remember. And these are actually survivors from that shooting. And so again, just how do we show up in surprising times and places and create this bottom-up experience that reveals those hidden biases in people? I'd just like to finish on a couple of final thoughts, just to summarize. Um, and so essentially what we're saying here is that um, I think connecting a brand story and a system together, you can create these incredible network effects. Um, you know, two examples there of how we rebranded a sport and actually helped to change minds. I think building brands from the bottom up today is really, really, really important. Start there, because behavior is as important as belief. And finally, I just think, hopefully I've just demonstrated with just very quickly with a few examples, I think the power that the brands that we manage or market or design or develop, they can have these incredible effects on the world around us, transform businesses, move culture, change minds, challenge biases. Absolutely, they can improve lives in ways big and small. I think that's one of the reasons why I love my job. I love what we all do in this room. It's actually really important and valuable. Um, so I hope you guys love it too. So that's it from me. Um, you can keep in touch and follow us. Love has no labels. Uh, hit me up at Mike Rigby if you want a, a copy of the deck. And there's tons of stuff on our, our Medium sites, RGA by Design, if you'd like to know a little bit more about us. Enjoy the rest of your conference, and thanks so much. Thank